0: You know, another thing I think it, it I, we should talk about is obviously the coronavirus and the effect it's having on yeah. events and people's travel and we're starting to get a lot of emails justifiably so people asking what's going on what our thoughts are and and really all I can say at this point is we are uh, you know very closely monitoring the situation it's our intent that we're moving forward with the conference at this point and we hope that that will be the case uh, obviously circumstances can change and we will let Everyone in the industry know if anything is to change, but for right now, we are uh, hoping and planning to uh, be in Austin April seventh through the 9th and, and to have a great event.
1: Yeah, I, you know, I've seen these events, uh, not just with Interface, but NMHC. You know, have to tackle things like <laughs> hurricanes. You know, the week before the event and that type of thing, and and it, it tends to always work out. But uh, you know, at the at the same time i think and i say this today on uh, i guess march 3rd as we're (laughs) recording this and i hope these words don't come back to haunt me but it does seem that at least as far as the u.s is concerned that it's it's being blown a little bit out of out of proportion but that doesn't mean anything to you know the folks who have you know lost loved ones in the past week you know that are here in the u.s so thoughts and prayers are, are certainly with them and i think uh I've got to imagine this is – it's not affecting my decision. Let's just put it that that way. We'll see what the next five weeks bring about, and I hope I don't have to eat those words. But (laughs) anybody else eating their words about their thoughts on COVID prior to (laughs) mid-March? Well, join the club. In this episode, we follow up with Interface and NMHC about their upcoming virtual student housing conference. Today's sponsor of the SHI podcast is Carter Young. For those of you who may not know about Carter Young, which I can only assume you are brand new to student housing or you've been living under a dorm for the past 20 years. Carter Young is a debt recovery firm based in Georgia who has been specializing in debt recovery related to college students for over two decades. They even operate their call center out of Athens, Georgia, because they wanted to employ people who understand the student journey in order to give them a better chance of collecting from your student residents who end up owing you a balance after they move out. They also provide training programs to your on-site staff and review your operating methods to make sure everything is being done to prevent bad debt from happening. Now, how many debt recovery services do that? If you're not using Carter Young, I can guarantee you're leaving money on the table. Visit them at carter-young.com or follow the link in the show notes. Welcome to the Student Housing Insight Podcast, where we are putting you in touch with the people who bring student housing to life. I'm your host, Wesley Dees. How is it already mid September? (laughs) By the way, big shout out to those properties who are already signing leases for fall of 2021. We're seeing your posts on social media and are so happy for you. Not just happy that you're signing leases, but what it means to be doing that already. It meant you had to have a stellar turn. You had to have a stellar move in. You had to have pricing ready, which takes a lot of coordination and buy-in from your stakeholders. You had to have your lease agreement updated and and ready to go, both on paper and, and for online leasing. So great job, guys. As an industry dealing with the pandemic and all the challenges higher education is having to deal with, the off-campus student housing industry has really shown we play a significant part in helping our institutions navigate this mess and they can lean on us to help out. That can only happen because of smart, passionate staff members at the site level and leadership from our national operators. So everyone, Take a break, raise a glass, uh, raise a glass of that leftover Red Bull from Dern and celebrate what you've accomplished. This is for you. Well, guys, as you know, due to COVID, we had to cancel all of our regional summits this year. Uh, At some point, our in-person events will come back. Unfortunately, this this COVID mess has canceled a lot of other industry events. The premier event for off-campus student housing is Interface's student housing conference in April. That clip you heard at the beginning of this episode was from my March 3rd interview with Rich Kelly with Student Housing Business about their 12th annual Interface student housing conference that was scheduled for April 9th. As we know, that didn't happen. Uh, then there were the plans to combine the conference with NMHC's annual housing co- student housing conference this year in Miami. Well, COVID did not let up the summer as we hoped and it was ultimately decided to take the conference virtual. I think this is actually a really great thing. I think it's fabulous actually. Of course, I miss seeing everyone in person and you can never replace that virtually. But I am excited because this now makes our most important conference accessible to so many people that normally can't make it. Which people am I talking about? Uh, Site and regional level staff members that typically can't afford to go or give up the time to travel? Mainly our audience members. You guys tell me all the time you listen to this podcast and subscribe to our YouTube channel because you, you you can listen and watch on your own schedule. So what's on tap for this virtual event? Well, I, I recently sat down with Rich Kelly and Randy Sharon from Interface, as well as David Borzos and Matthew Berger from NMHC to discuss how this event will be unlike any event they've ever done. Here's that interview. Gentlemen, welcome back to the podcast. Thank you, Wes. Thanks, Wes. Thank you. Thanks, Wes. So usually it's this time of the year that I'm speaking with both Interface uh, and NMHC about their fall conference lineup for the student housing industry. But like all things in 2020, this is a little different uh, because the the COVID-19 pandemic has just turned everyone's world upside down, but especially in the world of live events and, and conferences. But but both groups are, are pivoting and have combined forces to to offer something um, I think that's really unique and unprecedented. By the way, I think last time we spoke, uh, I said um, that should probably be the word of the year, uh, especially for our industry. <laughs> so, but but this is definitely unique and, uh, and unprecedented, and. It's going to be a combined conference this year between NMHC and Interface, and it's going to be virtual for the student housing industry. And as much as I hate this pandemic and the chaos it's causing, I've got to say, I think it is providing a lot of opportunity for us to think about and and approach things differently. That ultimately will, will likely open some doors we never thought about before. So I'm excited to see you know what comes out of that and and how we operate things in the future. But before we get too far into the conference, we've got both both David and, and Matt here from NMHC. And um, there were some Pretty big news last week that that may not be on everybody's radar just yet, and I'm interested in kind of finding out what the the fallout has been. But uh, there was, I guess, and David, I want to really understand from from you what the uh, how the CDC plays in this. But there was an order. I'm not really sure if it's an executive order or. Something that the CDC put out, uh, but it, it basically put a moratorium on all evictions throughout the rest of the year, regardless of uh, of what's happening with you know who the mortgage lender is on, on a property or anything like that. Can um, uh, I guess to begin with, I, I think the biggest confusion that's out there is this: an executive order, or based on CDC's recommendations, or how exactly is this being? executed?
2: Um, Yeah, it it kind of came from an executive order. If you kind of rewind back to May where the House passed what they consider to be the next stimulus package, uh, number four, called Heroes Act. And the Senate uh, decided not to do anything in response to that for quite a long time. And then when they started to discuss it towards the end of summer, they could not come to any agreement. No vote was ever really... Uh, taken and any package put forth that the House and the Senate could agree on. So talks failed to push forward any other packages. And as a result, the president issued a series of executive orders, and among them were the an eviction moratorium. And a lot of us sat around scratching our head trying to figure out how we would actually make that happen since he doesn't actually have the authority through an executive order to simply do that. Um, so lo and behold, Came out through the CDC, uh, who was really, in essence, declaring a a health emergency and therefore could uh, stop evictions due to concerns regarding spread of the virus and so on. Gotcha. It's never happened ever before. Wow. A lot of people were wondering whether they actually had the legal authority to do that, and uh, there was a lot of uh, criticism uh, in terms of how it was executed uh, and how it came out. But on top of that, um, a lot of concern expressed by uh, people within the industry and a lot of our own members regarding the eviction moratorium, which placed the burden directly on the shoulders of our owners. And as you pointed out before, the eviction moratorium that came out over the CARES Act back in March only applied to mortgages that were backed by Government loans. This eviction moratorium applies to every single multifamily owner uh, that's out there. Every single property, whether it has a mortgage on or not, whether it's held by a bank, CMBS, enterprise, it doesn't matter, every single multifamily property is subject to this CDC order.
1: Is it an is it an order to the courts? Specifically that they can't do evictions or is it to the landlords that, you know, because of non-payment, there's no way you can, there's no force that you can use to get anybody out of, out of a rental property?
2: Wes, that's a great question only because of the fact that it's a bit confusing. You know, the CDC is not a housing agency. So (laughs) the, of that, how it's supposed to be executed, as you'd imagine, has lots of questions, holes in it interpretations. And so I think this is going to be subject to what you'll hear in local courts uh, as it pertains to what are the requirements for and their residents to uh, go through uh, an eviction moratorium. It's not, there. there is an affidavit that uh, every resident has to sign and they, they've gone through a number of different steps to try and identify ways to get financial help and that they failed to obtain any of those. And therefore they shouldn't be evicted. Well, what if the landlord believes that they're going to work every single day and they actually have a financial income? It's up to them at that point in time, the burden of proof shifts to the the owner. Uh, Mm You know, it it creates a lot of confusion. Who's going to actually implement it? Where is it going to be decided which is gonna be in local courts and and the same note that simply says if those presidents sign that affidavit and they're lying about, they can be charged with perjury. But again, it just clogs up the courts in that regard. Uh, but you know, we have a concern, and, and I think a lot of other owners within the industry um, have a concern about how this gets implemented. Uh, as I described before, you know, what how does it make its way through the court system? And what are the implications for owners who are now having to uh, face situations where uh, if they have residents who are not paying and they could, what can they actually do about it?
1: Yeah, yeah. What, um, you know, from everything I've seen, there's there's no mortgage forbearance or, or some type of protection like that for landlords. Uh, the, that are dealing with this? Are there are there any talks happening on the Hill or at the White House on protecting these landlords? Are they expecting well, so wonders?
2: To give you an example, the, the, the Senate originally had put out something called the Heals Act, which was a trillion-dollar support package versus the over $3 trillion House Heroes Act. Those failed to come together. Uh, just this week, the House, the Senate tried to put out what they would call a skinny, uh, support package. And that was only 300 billion and it failed. They couldn't even get the votes in the Senate. So there, oh, wow. there's really not an agreement to move forward yet. We are concerned, uh, that, you know, renters are facing, uh, still high unemployment, still down 11 million jobs from the beginning of the onset of the coronavirus and, um, our rent tracker numbers are showing, uh, Know, the collection collections are actually going down from what they had mm-hmm. last month what they've been the prior year so the trend is not necessarily particularly good and we have advocated for renter assistance uh, for quite a long time there is a rental assistance uh, to the tune of hundred billion dollars in the Heroes Act uh, yet the Senate uh, is unwilling to take that up and include that in any other packages that they're supporting um, again we just did a all the action that came out this week to our members asking Congress to kind of get back to the table because they're not at the table and, uh, pass more support, uh, for, you know, the, uh, the, public and included in that should be renter assistance. And, uh, so that, you know, kind of be taking that burden off of both the renters who've, uh, either lost their job or had dramatic decrease due to COVID-19 in their income. And that, uh, will allow them to fulfill their uh, financial obligation and paying their monthly rent and allow the owners of properties to continue to operate uh, safe, sound, clean properties and allow these residents to stay in there. So it is something that there's been a call to action, not only within our NMHC members, but a lot of the other uh, trade organizations that we work with on a daily basis are all also asking their members for calls to action as
1: Gotcha. Well, and and thanks for, thanks for that update. And, you know, I want to take just a quick second and thank both of you guys specifically, uh, but also to, to NMHC for, for everything you guys are doing for your members through this pandemic. Uh, I mentioned the last time I had you guys on that You know, anytime there's a national crisis like this, and and today just happens to also be the 19th anniversary of of September 11th. And, uh, you know, I remember in so many ways, NMHC really stepping up and and helping through a lot of the things that we're going through uh, on 9-11. But you guys are are just always have been a huge resource, resource for guidance and advisement, but also making sure we have a voice in D.C., um, being a member is not cheap. I, I've been in the C-suite and, and creating annual budgets and plugging that membership number into our expenses, and then being asked, "Well, won't we just, you know, it was, wouldn't it just be cheaper to pay a non-member pricing for the conferences that we go to?" And, and I, I think back to nine eleven. I think back to the Great Recession and how you guys have always been burning kind of that lead torch um, and guiding us through through those things and. I just would always go back to those stakeholders and say NMHC is just the membership we can't afford to be without. So thank you guys for all that you're doing for us.
3: Thanks, Wes. It's our pleasure. Appreciate
1: that. Well, um, Rich and Randy, I'll kind of move things a little bit more over to, to you guys and let's start talking about this this conference. And Matt, I know you've got some, some things to put in there as well. Back on March 3rd, Rich, uh, we sat down <laughs> to record an episode about the upcoming um, 12th annual Interface Student Housing Conference that was scheduled for mid-April. As we were preparing to record, I, I remember distinctly you said, Wes, we're already getting some questions about this coronavirus thing and <laughs> if it's going to to impact the conference we should probably address it and let everybody know that, that we're monitoring the situation, um, especially since we have so many folks coming from outside the country. And uh, here we are on September 11th, 2020, and the conference was postponed uh, and rescheduled and, and then combined with NMHC's annual student housing conference that was scheduled in Miami. And within the past few weeks, it was announced that the event is now going to be 100% virtual and is is scheduled for again what are the dates in october that the the conference is taking place
0: uh it's spread out over 4 days monday october 19th through thursday october 22nd
1: so you guys have done some fantastic webinars over the past 5 months uh, there was one just yesterday on on p3 that, that I was on. And it was, uh, it was fantastic. What, what I really enjoyed with it were the questions that came out of it. But now we're talking about a, a three-day event or four-day event. So tell us what the, the virtual event will look like for an attendee.
0: Well, you mentioned webinars. So imagine 20 really great webinars spread out over four days. So we'll say approximately five a day. If you can't watch them all on those days, you can also come back later and watch them for, you know, I think up to three months or four months after the fact. So gotcha. the, the education, the market knowledge, um, the content is gonna be outstanding. And I think it will be, I think that content's more important than ever in today's environment where, you know, first of all, people haven't been really gathering a lot with peers there, you know, we've been, and, and, and others have been trying to do as good a job as we can about disseminating news and insights. But I think there's gonna be a lot of value to hearing the, the top folks in the industry come together for a, a short period of time, and you'll be able to get a real 360 perspective on what's going on in the investment realm and in the development world and the financing and capital markets, uh, what's going on from a leasing management and operations standpoint, how architecture and construction might be changing through all this, or you know, other aspects of the industry, technology and internet. So I think we're going to be able to offer a ton of great content. And then on the networking side, because you know conferences like Interface and NMHC are, you know, equally about the networking component and seeing people and chatting and and talking deals. It won't be quite the same, but I think we're going to be able to offer quite a bit in terms of roundtables and virtual happy hours and uh, a virtual exhibit hall. Uh, and I think people will be pleasantly surprised at the end of the day. When they, when they, you know, if they put the time in and, and, and make the effort, they're going to realize there's a lot they can gain out of it. And I think they'll be very happy with the experience.
4: Yeah, the interconnectivity, I think, is really important
1: there, Rich. Yeah, a quick quick question on the platform. You guys have been using, I believe, you know, GoToWebinar uh, for the things that you've you've been doing since the spring. Is this essentially, uh, you know, uh, several GoToWebinar logins, or I know you guys use Cvent for a lot of your for a lot of your live events for for the management process, or are you using their platform? To, uh, how, how is this all coming together? So it's um, very
4: different than a webinar. It's it's um it's actually a platform that you log. Into it'll be a single point where you log into and can have a, can have access to all the um, sessions and everything at one time. So the agenda is basically becomes your entree into everything, and perfect. And including that is the networking and connecting with exhibitors all from the same place.
1: Gotcha, gotcha. So being able to, you'll be able to network through that as well with other folks that are attending, as well as being able to. I, I've seen the virtual exhibit hall being uh kind of being advertised so that's going to be part of that as well that's not a separate login that someone's got to go to or anything right. like that It's all
4: under the same uh, website cool
1: so yesterday i was actually uh, when i was watching that p3 conference i was doing it from i was at i was at lunch uh, <laughs> and and uh, by myself and, and it was uh uh, pulled up my device and realized I was running about 10 minutes late. And I was like, oh, let's just see if I, can, if I can pull it up on my phone. And I actually watched the first half of it while I was eating my lunch. Will we be able to do that on other devices or do we have to be on our, our laptops?
4: You can do it through your device on, on a browser. Uh, the networking component, some of that you can do on your device, but the actual sessions is best if you use a computer. You could use it through a browser though. There will be an app, though, to, to uh, facilitate networking.
1: Gotcha. And you, I think you guys, I saw that you guys are doing the Carolinas conference virtually as well. So you guys are, this isn't going to be kind of the first rodeo with with this. This is something you guys have, have been planning for and going to have some experience with before we get to October 19th, right?
4: Yes, uh, we do, you know, as Interface Conference Group, we do about 30 events a year. Uh, so, you know, we want to pivot a lot of those toward the second half of the year to virtual. And rich
1: gotcha. So let's talk about the content really quickly. You know, this is a, a joint event between NMHC and Interface. Uh, I've attended both conferences and, and there are some unique unique differences. How will this conference be different and the same uh, from those in-person conferences that we've had in the past?
3: So I think that the major difference is really that it's going to be online, Wes. But I think that you're going to get um, the really great content that you've come to expect at the interface in the NMHC uh, conferences, and we don't expect that that will be different at all. I'd also just like to point out how much of a pleasure it's been to work with uh, Randy and Rich on what we hope will be a very unique conference for on behalf of the industry. You know, both organizations really do serve the industry, and. You know, we hope that you're going to get a whole ton of value with us uh, working together as seamlessly um, as we have. And it's just been a wonderful experience to work with the whole interface team.
0: Yeah, this is Rich. I'd like to kind of add on to that. It's definitely been a one plus one equals three kind of scenario here. And we've, we've really enjoyed working with Matthew and Dave. You know, one interesting thing about this virtual event is that I think we're actually going to have a lot more people listening or slash attending sessions. You know, at both our event and NMHC. you know, a lot of people spend their days, you know, meeting with folks and talking deals and and that's all well and good. Uh, And sometimes the only session they may attend is the one they're on uh, or they only see two or three sessions. I think this year, I think people are going to be, we're going to have more people tuning into the sessions to both to learn and to to hear what's going on. And I think you couple that with the fact that we've reduced our registration rate, which we just thought was the appropriate thing to do since we're now in a virtual environment rather than a live environment, by virtue of lowering the registration rate, we hope that companies will send and register more people to attend. And then you, know, you couple that again with the fact that there's no travel and there's no cost of hotel rooms and airfares and things like that, which again makes the event even more affordable. So we're, we're, we're really uh, kind of hoping at the end of the day that we're gonna have you know, more people involved and, and more interconnectivity uh, and more people attending sessions, and that that will all be very additive for, you know, everybody's experience.
3: All right, the only other thing I'd just like to add on to the one plus one really equals three, and we hope even more than that, is that, you know, typically when you, when you go to a conference, you know, as our Rich said, you, you might only go to your panel. However, here we also have a lot of breakout sessions, and even if you choose one breakout session, the whole conference is going to be recorded, so you're going to be able to go back and you're actually going to be able to go get to access the recordings of all the breakout sessions. So you're going to have the whole you know, panoply at your disposal, whereas you actually might not get that at a live event because some of the breakouts just aren't recorded.
1: Yeah, I, I remember one of the first NMHC conferences that I went to yeah, at that, that point in time, it was only like a day long, but there were kind of both the, myself and and our CEO were both there, and and there were a couple of split. Um, actually, I think this may have been the first time that you guys, uh, you know, provided you know kind of split tracks for the for the student housing conference. because before that, it was just you know everybody was in one ballroom, and you know he kind of took more of the finance and and development stuff. I took on more of the the operations track to to get that content, but. You know, the thing was, is I really wanted to listen to, <laughs> to what was happening in those in those other tracks. And so this exactly, Matthew, I think this is something that especially for those that within our industry that maybe you're at the site level or, or they're, you know, in a position where they've kind of got one core focus within, you know, operations or within finance. And they want to, you know, they want to hear about those other those other areas, um, this is really going to provide that ability to do that. So I think that's, I hope this is actually something that you guys, don't get me wrong, I want to go back to the in-person events, but I really hope this is something that you guys kind of are able to provide that overlay so that they are recorded and and folks can come back and, and listen to the stuff that they didn't get to listen to.
4: Definitely. It's a huge benefit of registration for
1: this, you know, being an attendee. Yeah. So I, I I wanted to save, uh, you know, the price aspect until the end, because um, that's just the way I was always taught. You build the value first, <laughs> but since we're kind of on that, that subject and, you know, I know I've heard from a lot of people that had paid early, you know, to go to the in-person interface event. And, you know, and they've come back and, and said, hey, have you heard what we're supposed to be doing with this additional amount? The, obviously, the, you guys have got a different price point for the for the virtual event. Can you guys kind of walk through what the options are for folks that uh, first, you know, what the price is? And then for those that have paid kind of what, you know, what's their options for uh, for using that that money?
0: Sure. So the um, we we reduced the registration rate to three ninety five. So whatever someone might have paid originally, either our early bird rate or the full rate, you know, you just subtract that, subtract three ninety five from that amount, and then you now have that as a credit. Uh, that credit can be applied towards uh, an event next year, or you can receive it as a refund, or you could actually, you know, take that credit and say, hey, you know what, allocate it towards now registering, you know, my colleague. You know, Mary Jones or or John Smith, and and uh, we'll have that. We'll use the credit to get you know that person now to be part of the conference. So I hope that summarizes it. We have reached out to uh, every single person who has registered. It takes a little while, and it's certainly engendered a lot of emails back and forth. But we are communicating (laughs) that to everybody, and and everybody can get back to us with what they uh, what they'd like to do.
1: Oh, perfect. And yeah, I mean, I think this is. You know, I have to tell both of you guys this. I mean, one of the things that that uh, that I was focused on with student housing insight, you know, and, and the the conferences that we've done, it's been very much focused on site level, and therefore, you know, we've we've gone regional in order to try to to you know cut down on everybody else having to you know get in airplanes and get in cars and have to stay in hotels and and do all those things. And so, um, and, and, you know, the one thing I would hear from those property managers is that they they hear about interface, they hear about NMHC, you know, wish they, they could go, but, outside of the of the registration price. You then have all the travel and time out of the office and, and everything else. So this is a perfect opportunity for those site-level folks that you really want to be able to see a, a bigger glimpse of what this industry looks like. This is perfect. And that price point, you're going to get every dollar of that back. Um, and I'm, I'm hoping these folks that – you know, had paid and have that credit out there will not ask for it back. I, I'm really hoping that they'll uh, they'll bring other team members in to to allow them to to experience that because I think that's going to be that's going to be huge and build a lot of value for for someone's career uh, growth. So so glad you guys are are able to be so flexible with with folks that have done that. Let, let's talk really quick about the roundtable events. Uh, you know, that inter- interface, I know that was always kind of the first evening to, to open the conference up. What I really like about, uh, about that is if, if I get bored at one round table, I can find something else at another table. <laughs> Will that be the case in this virtual setting? And, and how is that going to work with, with the round table session? Because I know you guys have got it included in, in this uh, virtual platform.
4: Well, Wes, we're working that out how we're going to do it, to be honest with you, but we are going to have it so that it is probably a little more spread out throughout the conference so you can attend more of them because with the, the um, online platform, um, it is a little bit more limiting than, uh, you know, obviously being there in person where you can go from roundtable to roundtable, but we do expect to be able to have multiple of them at the same time. Um, and do have some breaks in there where you can jump back and forth, and we do expect to have you know a fair number of those throughout the four days of the conference. Also, since we have more time to have them, so it's going to be a great opportunity to have networking, great opportunity for some you know really niche topics to be discussed. Um, Rich always does a great job uh, with putting those together, and uh, I think it'll be you know as rewarding to attend those in a virtual environment as it will be in person. Will those be
1: recorded as well? that's uh to be determined <laughs> to be determined great. I, I, we can figure that one out um okay. because i think that I think that would um uh, yeah i think that would be great if if we could do that so how about the the innovator awards ceremony will that be virtual this year how is that because that's always a big deal when you talk about interface
0: well we feel bad that we have not you know Told the potential winners uh, and everybody that's entered, you know what the resolution's been. We've been kind of on hold, trying to figure out what was going to be going on with the event. And yes, I think what we're going to do is uh, similar to what we did in person. We're going to have at the end of the at the end of one of the days a presentation announcing the winners. Uh, we won't be able to have people there in person with us to come up and, and pick up their uh, trophy, but we will kind of reveal it there. Uh, and then we will feature the winners in our November-December issue of the magazine. So yes, I believe it's going to be Monday at the end of the day, Monday the nineteenth. We will reveal the Innovator Award winners. So we uh, again, I think that will be a, a good opportunity to have a lot of interconnectivity and people watching and and uh, and, and all being together on on one platform as an industry.
1: Gotcha. So I know I you guys have got some other great events. NMHC has got OpTech coming up um, that, that typically happens in the fall. You know, LeaseCon is something that would probably be going on, you know, within the next couple of weeks. What's the plan with, with those other fall conferences and, and will those be virtual as well?
2: So the, the one that's actually coming up uh, in the nearest term is uh, NMHC has their fall meeting next week. Uh, and similar to our student housing conference, uh, that's going to take place over four days. We always hold that here in Washington, D.C., but again, that is going to be a virtual event. Uh, and obviously, uh, given that it's here in Washington, quote-unquote, it is always very politically focused in the sense that we bring in lots of members of Congress, others who are heads of agencies, et cetera. And uh, so it's always a, a well-received one. So we're, we are we are... We're kicking the tires for our own self starting next week with uh having something that goes over four days and just to kind of give an idea we've talked a lot on so far on this podcast about uh, attendance um we know you know last year we set a record for that particular conference of about 500 just over 540 attendees this year with our online virtual conference we are 700 in terms of registration so do think that, you know, if you deliver great content, people will attend. And I think that much as we've already described, uh, we're going to deliver great content for the student housing conference. The platform which we're on is actually really, uh, it's a new one for Cvent, but uh, they just rolled it out. And uh, I think we all test drove it a little bit. And it's actually super easy for people to use. And we'll give them access uh, to be able to listen to the variety of panels that we have, as well as uh, meet up with some of the exhibitors that we have, et cetera. So kind of a new norm for at least this fall and hopefully not. But we're all hoping this won't continue uh, too far into 2021. We'll be able to do this live again.
1: Me too.
0: In terms of uh, gone West, we're going to probably look to 2021 to hold that. I think the poor folks on the leasing side of the business they need a they need a break after all the stress they've been going through. We're probably, probably going to still be leasing right up through January and February for even for this academic year. Not not to mention next academic year. So uh, yeah, between between our focus on um, NMHC interface student housing and and the, you know, the magazine and everything else, I think we're probably going to look to do a uh, probably a bigger and better lease con in twenty twenty one.
4: Yeah, the good news gotcha. about that is that uh, it's giving us this fall is giving us plenty of content to talk about when we do have it.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah, that's- yeah, yeah.
4: <laughs> no
1: doubt well and I'll tell you I mean you know part of um, part of our job at at SHI is is trolling all the properties um, uh, social media accounts and seeing what everybody's up to and I've just been excited of seeing you know this week people celebrating their first leases for fall 2021 so this uh, this pandemic is is not slowing things down when it comes to to students leasing so if anything I think it's even you know it's even caused more urgency to, to lock in earlier because, you know, the universities just they have a lot more to to consider and try to control. And, you know, the, the students are really looking to the to the off campus world to be able to provide housing because they don't they don't want to have to go back to mom and dads. So. So, yeah, I think we'll have a lot to talk about. Well guys, uh, again I appreciate the time that you've spent This is uh, this is actually the second time we, we've uh, <laughs> We've tried recording This because uh, last week We had a, a, I guess A rolling power outage or something that happened Here at the studio and It, it basically, you know, cut Everything down when the internet <laughs> went out So so like most things In 2020, you just have to learn how to roll With the punches, so uh, I appreciate You not only giving me, you know, 30 minutes Today, but, <laughs> but at least 15 minutes in our in our last sit down so um, so thanks for that and you know any other any other news for for the folks out there that you want to share in the student housing world and then also last but not least if someone's not registered rich where's the best place for them to go to register
0: uh, best place to go to register is uh interfaceconferencegroup.com so i n t e r f a c e conferencegroup.com. Um, certainly we have a lot of ads running on our website and, uh, newsletter, the magazine, NMHC has the same. And then just one other thing Wes. I think that would be worth mentioning is, you know, we, we've been, um, in trying to formulate the agenda, working with David Matthew, obviously having our eyes open as to what's going on in the world around us. Uh, and you know, certainly the impact of COVID will, uh, play, uh, It's pretty much probably a running theme through most sessions, you know, how it's impacted the investment market, how it's, has it slowed development, how it's impacted what's going on on campus and maybe how, what, you know, P3s will be evolving and marketing. But another area that uh, we we're going to do a session in is, is on diversity and inclusion, which I think is very important. And I I thought maybe Dave or Matthew could um, just highlight that before we
3: finish up. No, thanks. That's really great. Um, You know, we strongly believe, all of us, that uh, we have to do a lot more in the diversity um, and inclusion field. So, this year we're going to have a general session um, on the very first day of the conference to ensure that the industry is well aware um, of what's actually going on in this space and and really what needs to be done going forward um, and some strategies to achieve. Uh, equality across our country because it's just so it's just so critical, um, and we just frankly just aren't aren't there yet. So uh, we are, uh, even as we speak, pulling together that panel, um, and we will hope to be announcing the panelists uh, for that panel and all our panel and all our panels uh, in the near future.
1: Well, and, and one thing I'll just uh, you know I'll just I'll just add this in as something maybe leading up to that. We've actually got a podcast coming up um, here in the next couple of weeks. On that, you know, we're talking to a lot of the industry professionals that, you know, have um, expressed on our platform of, hey, this is this is how I feel like our industry is or isn't reacting to, you know, to, to what's been going on. And they wanted to sit down and talk about it. So I think for, I think from that, we'll definitely say, hey, we've got some some questions that, you know, we would like to you know possibly put up for your panel in advance that. Or at least some some topic subject matter um, that may be good. So hopefully we can um, pull that together and get you something that help with that as well.
3: You know, we'd really welcome that, Wes. Thanks. Um, I you know like to say you know some companies you know are further along in this space than others. Others have uh, due to the. You know, events. You know, in the past, you know, six or so months in particular, have recognized that they really want to make progress here, and are sort of just in the uh, beginning phases of of what they want to do and and where they want to go. Others uh, were further along and and want to get even better, even better. And you know, that's what we really want our panel to uh, explore and provide strategies to meet companies where they are and, and where they want to go. So, to the degree that you have. Uh, questions uh, we would absolutely love uh, to be able to benefit from those questions and get the best panel we possibly can so that folks uh, really can go to where they uh, where they want to be absolutely
1: well great well I will definitely uh, uh, definitely reach out to you guys when once we wrap that up and um, we'll uh, we'll definitely put some you know put it out there on our, our platform you know and mention it in that podcast for people just to to respond with with their comments and and we could pass that along to you so i think that would be fantastic well guys i i appreciate it so much again thanks for the um not only the time but also dealing with the technical difficulties and um look forward to seeing you guys virtually on october 19th
3: thanks for the opportunity Wes. thanks west thanks west Wes. as always it's been a pleasure all right take care thanks for having us all right
1: take care guys Well guys, there you have it. I hope to see many of you online at this event. If you see my name or, or face on any of the round tables or in the virtual exhibit hall, please, please speak up, say hi, type out hi, whatever that's gonna work, I'm not sure, but um, would love to connect with you. A quick reminder that SHI is not just a podcast, but we actually have an entire online platform dedicated to those of you who work in or for this industry. It's called our SHI Community, and it is free to join. Just go to studenthousinginsight.com, click the login icon at the top right-hand corner, and then click Join Now if you're not already a member. Once in, you'll find discussion boards, job boards, all of the tools that will help you connect with with industry peers and help each other out to, to make student housing better, which is our mission here. Well, guys, I appreciate you listening. Take care, and we'll talk to you soon.